to dark with Mark. Have you fucked up yet? Welcome to After Dark with Mark. Today I received Nishma Kotari. Do I pronounce this properly? You did. I'm very impressed. Yes. Oh, very good. Uh, Nishma is an investor and a realtor, and uh, she lives in London. Uh, the beautiful and it's funny because my wife is from Berlin, and uh, the people in the UK they call the rest of Europe continent Europe. Is that correct? What was that? Sorry. What do we refer to it as? When you're talking about Europe, you're always saying like about continental Europe. <laughs> yeah, that could be that could be so. Definitely, I mean, Europe has got so many differences, which is so awesome about it. It's very continental. <laughs> so, thank you so much for doing this, Nishma. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. So first, before to be uh, going into investment and being a realtor, you were a globe globetrotter. So you've been traveling for many, uh, many months, if it's not years, and you've been to so many countries. Why you decided to go on a quest around the world? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, well, I started when I was 18 and... I, at that, that moment in time, was my first big traveling trip. And when I say traveling, I mean I was away for about three months. And I went with two friends. We just went with, you know, ourselves and our backpacks. And we done the whole of Australia for three months. We'd done the East Coast. Not all of Australia because it's absolutely huge, but we spent the first three months doing the East Coast. And I just fell in love. I fell in love with everything about traveling. Uh, I fell in love with the the difference in the people you meet, the different cultures, the different food, the different um, landscapes, you know, and I just realized that there's so much freedom. And I remember coming back from that trip and I changed so much as a person in those three months being away that I realized that it's just something that I'm going to just do. I'm just going to keep doing it. And I came back, went to university because I was actually due to start. I'd done my four years at university and once I finished and graduated, I realized that the desire was just still there. So I, I just carried on until, I mean, I still travel, but in terms of backpacking, I carried on doing that religiously up until the age of 31. So many, many countries over many years. Yeah. And I remember the last trip that you, you've been going away. You said that you were gone for almost 18 months, no? Like a That's year and a half. Correct. Yeah, that was a fantastic trip. Um, every time I kind of went on these big trips, they just got longer and longer until the, the last one, which was, yes, that trip. And it was Latin America. So I flew into Brazil and it was a one-way ticket at that point. So I didn't know, I didn't really know what route I would take. I didn't know how long I'd go for. I just knew I just wanted to start in Brazil. And so I did. And I ended up actually going through majority of the countries in South America uh, taking a catamaran, sailing into Central, starting from Panama, and working my way all the way up to Mexico, and then even going to Cuba. So I ended up doing about 15 countries in the span of what was, yeah, 18 months. Now, you are 
you're a woman. <laughs> I don't know if you haven't picked that up. I mean, <laughs> Last time I checked, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and you've been doing a lot of that traveling by yourself. And the parents, I mean, parents which are listening to this, uh, that will be horrific. Uh, what were your parents <laughs> thinking about that? Um, yes, I can, I can respect that. It definitely is nerve-wracking, especially being a girl and going off on your own. Um, but I think my parents started to have confidence in me. They started to realize that I was capable of looking after myself, capable of being adaptable, but also very determined. So when I want to do something, I'll do it. So, you know, um, all those factors meant that they had the natural worry and concern, but they also gave me enough space for me to be me and to travel and to be, and, you know, be reassured that I look after myself. What did you learn mainly through all that traveling? I think the biggest thing you learn is uh, you learn about yourself. Um, when you're in a foreign country and you're on your own and, and they don't even speak the same first language as you and you can't yet <laughs> speak the, the national language, um, you, you start to kind of break all those barriers of what is normality and what is almost comfort and you're in such a different environment. And for me, I think learning about myself, learning about who I am, learning about what I like to do, what I don't, where I need to work on things, you know, all those things for me, I think is the biggest, biggest asset in traveling. Now, because you've been doing this, you started, I mean, this quest, you started while you were traveling, but now all of a sudden it started following you and then you decided, you know what, that, that quest of learning about myself is not, it's not over. I still want to, to dig in into this. And, and then you started looking for other options of where you can learn about yourself. And you are an avid student of, of you first, uh, but of the universal laws of uh, what we would consider to be esoteric in some some space, right? Some some people yeah. which are more on the traditional path, they look at you and and me, and they will say, "Well, this is this is hocus pocus shit." Um, <laughs> what would you say to someone which is listening to this right now, and this is the type of thinking they're having toward this type of learning? I would say that ultimately your your beliefs are, is going to create your reality. So um, one of the th one of the reasons why I always felt quite safe when I traveled on my own is because I I held a belief that wherever I was in the world I'd always be safe and loved. So if ever I was in a new environment, I always managed to kind of even though I might have had that fear that thought because it was my belief that thought predominantly stayed in my it allowed me to stay in my own space. And therefore, I attracted such pleasant things around me. And I was aware of what I needed to be in the moment. So, I mean, it's one of those things where if your belief is that, you know, this, this doesn't, you know, this is hocus pocus and, and, you know, there's nothing beyond what we see and so on, then that will ultimately be the results. But if there's that kind of little ounce of curiosity or just wondering, then lightening up on those beliefs and, and even sometimes playing with those beliefs. Because the first few times I traveled on my own, I had to teach myself to change my belief, to put myself in a better state. And it was an experience which has allowed me then to realize what's different around me rather than being so stuck in a certain way of thinking. So it's something which I believe that people they should in their own way try to explore.
when whatever that is for an individual, they should allow themselves that freedom to, to explore, to see what else there could be beyond their own belief system in this moment. I love what you're saying about beliefs because I believe personally that most people never ever reevaluate their belief. I mean, there is some, some saying, you know, you don't teach old dog new tricks <laughs> where the, I found this absolutely stupid because yeah. the reality of it is why? Why wouldn't you try to, tr to teach new, new tricks and why would you tr to why would you not reevaluate the old beliefs? And some of those beliefs are not even coming from you. They're coming from your, maybe your grandparents that have been passed yeah. to you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And you, you never really stop to say, you know what, do I really believe in that? Is that, is that conducive for what I'm trying to achieve in my life? 100%. I mean, I, I, I remember when, um, when I first, spoke to some of my family said I was going to go on my own and then they were like oh but it's it's a dangerous world and you know you should be really careful and safe and I was like but really is that the belief that you want to hold because that's such a it's such a limiting way and already at this point I remember I traveled to so many countries I mean by the age of 30 I'd hit 50 countries so this was even maybe about 40 countries in we were having this conversation and or maybe 35 and 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 I was just thinking to myself well that's such a shame because I've already you know traveled so much and seen so many things and I've seen so much goodness out there in in the people around us and um and ultimately like having that type of belief does it serve you because if that belief is the thing that holds you back from doing something like traveling and you have the desire to do so then that's a real shame because you know I've always um, seeing the greatness there is out there, you know, there's, there's so much goodness and there's so much to learn and to explore and to see. So I agree, you know, there should, a point, there should come a point in everyone's life where they say, does this belief serve me? They first need to, yes, discover what that belief is, but then they have to catch themselves and say, well, does this serve me? Or, you know, I have the ability to change it to something that does. Now, if... Yeah, if there is yeah. so much good in, in the world, why are we always focusing on the negative then? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> but I think um, a lot of it is what are, what are people allowing around them to influence them? And it's, it's, I know a lot of the general population or public in general, just people uh, listen a lot to the media and the news, and especially in the UK. Um, and... And actually, like the last time I think I've been exposed to it, I mean, don't get me wrong, if it comes to business and to investments, I'm definitely up to date. But just general news and media, you know, if I was to actually look at things, I would only see that of tragedy. I'll see that of what is almost negative and so, um, in a way, depressive. And so many people read these things and they almost allow, it feeds their mind and it ends up then creating this almost view of the way things are, which are so unreal in what is reality. You know, that it's almost not, it's not that, a good example um, I could actually say is before my parents came to meet me in Mexico, there was a lot of reports about a certain, in the UK, in the media about uh, a certain kind of flu or something, which is very deadly. 
And at this point, I'd been traveling uh, around Mexico for about a month and I'd been various different places. I was staying with locals and I had, we had not heard of this at all. And I remember my father saying, you know, oh, we've got to be careful. And when he came out to meet me, he went, wow, it doesn't really exist here, does it? And I was like, no. So that was like a negative view that you had of something which actually wasn't real because of the influence you allowed the media to influence you. And that's just one form of, of something very, uh, very open and public to, to general people. And if they are just so available, it allow, they allow it to therefore become part of their belief system. Now, I have been traveling, you've been traveling to 50 countries. And one of the things that the general population are hearing when they, they are about to travel, it's always about security. It's always about danger. I mean, Mexico is one of those places where that it's uh, highly targeted uh, from the travel world that it is a dangerous place and so on and so forth. Um, what was your experience in your travel concerning those, those fuck up area? Let's call it this way. Uh, like, did, were you exposed to that? Because I, I assume, you know, when you've been traveling as much as, as you did, it's not always all nice and, and, uh, and all positive. No, you've got, you've got some challenges with our appearing. So tell me a little bit about, like, the, this, this danger that we hear all the time into the traveling world. Um, I mean, I think there's danger everywhere, isn't there? There's certain parts of London. You can, you can turn down the wrong street in London very easy and go from affluence to ghetto. And this exists everywhere in the world, doesn't it? You know, there's, there's, there's dangers everywhere. It's about having that, that savviness of being what's around you, being aware of what's around you, being very present, but also how in touch is one with themselves? I always like, to, to answer your question directly, yes, you know, there were situations which weren't always the safest for me. But in those moments, I always, I was always well connected within, you know, I was, there was always maybe a voice in that moment to say, move. And I did. I didn't hesitate. I didn't think twice about it. And I would, uh, you know, step away, look back and see something, basically something happened literally five seconds later. Uh, something which wouldn't have been good if I'd been standing there. So, you know, you, you, you have to then start to really develop this awareness within yourself and start to trust in yourself and know that there is things, there's always going to be good and bad things around you, but how aware of you, are you but, of yourself in those moments? I, I wait, wait a second now. Now you're saying that because you were aware, because you're connected, because you, you're aware of this inner voice or this connection to the higher source or whatever you want to call it, you were warned prior for you to get out of the way so you don't get caught up into those negative events that you've been somehow witnessing but as, as, a, as an observer and not being part of it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's um it's a feeling. Thing, you know, you you know that you know right now. If if I'm like if I'm listening to this and I don't, I'm not aware of this. That sounds a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, it probably does, doesn't it? But the truth is, is that it's it's there. It's available. It's it's a feeling. 
it doesn't have to necessarily be a voice. It doesn't necessarily have to be anything. It could be a, a vision. It could be a feeling. It could be that, you know, everybody talks about gut feeling. You know, that is, it's a common phrase in England, my gut feeling. And, 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 that's, and that applies to any situation. And being, I guess, traveling so many countries, I started to become more and more aware of that gut feeling. And that gut feeling is what always guided me into, into moments of almost um, safety because I was always aware. And maybe what happened, being in those situations allowed me to develop that to the point where that relationship with that gut feeling got more stronger. And it just allowed me to flow always into, into safety. But this doesn't need, you don't need to be on vacation and in another country for you to listen to this. This is something that you can experience in London. That is something that you can experience like for your business, for uh, your family, for, for good as well coming for into your everything. life. Yeah, 100%. I feel like um, 100%. That, that, that gut feeling was always there for me. But my, my point being is that it, it started to become more exercise. It was more prominent in those environments because of the fact that I cut all those um, levels of what was normality and safety around me. But yes, I completely agree. This is something that carries us in every moment. But how, how in tune one per, a person is with it is ultimately their, um, that's their journey. So how do you translate this into your personal business on a day-to-day -day basis? You know, it's, that's a really interesting thing. I was actually, I met up with a, a property, uh, my mentor in real estate just today and we had a really long meeting and he said that my life experiences of traveling so much has really helped me in this business environment and I completely agreed. And one of the things we both agreed on was the fact that it's made me, I'm very, I'm very adaptable to what's around me, but also I'm always reaching for that gut feeling in, in decisions, in business decisions, in, in when I meet people, in just the way of like how I'm feeling, the vibrations, all these things start to help in those environments, particularly when, when analyzing something new or, you know, looking at something in a different perspective. So there's a lot of crossover, transferable skills almost, because ultimately these are kind of um, life skills that, that one is developing. So for all situations. And that, that, is, that is what you, you're doing into your investment. So as an investor right now, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, so I'm, I'm driving and then I see a property and as if, if I'm becoming aware and I'm aware of my own personal insight and my gut feeling is telling me, you know what, maybe you should go and explore this, this piece of land or that, that project. This is something that you should follow. And that is something that you're doing every day in your business. 100%. Sometimes it's difficult when you're, when you're in, in new environments to kind of um, silence the noise. Because <laughs> that gut feeling is always there. But normally what happens is there's so much other noise going on, you know, in your head, other thoughts, other feelings. And sometimes you've got to search for it. Um, but yes, yes, most definitely. And I, and I hope so that that will always be the case and just become stronger. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's something so largely available to every single person. It's there with us in every moment of the day. So how do you, 
how do you silence that noise? Because obviously this is, this is what create, I mean, we, we've been programmed to pay attention to the noise. So, you know, there's, there's lights, there's, there's advertisement, there's, there's sounds everywhere. And we getting caught up into having our attention on everything except what really matter, which is this insights, which are coming from within. So how do you quiet all that noise around you on a daily basis? I love to meditate. <laughs> I can't, I can't um, approve of it, you know, any more than, than words don't justify, in essence, how much meditation has really, really helped. Um, it, it kind of allows you to focus. And as you focus, you start to, you know, there's always noise there in the beginning. I remember the first few times I attempted to meditate. I'm just like everyone else where I was like, I can't do it. It's not possible for me. I just, oh, my mind's too busy. And, you know, everyone says exactly. And even when I tell people now, you know, I recommend they do, they all say exactly what I said in the beginning. The only difference between uh, myself and that person saying that is I still just continued. I persisted. I, I just knew that that's like, you know, I almost think about it in our reflection, but if, if that's the case, then actually meditation is more for you, <laughs> you know, it, but it's funny because we don't see it as that. We just see like, we can't do it, but actually, you know, the more difficult it is for one person to get into that state, the more they must actually take the time out every day to do so. Yeah. But Nishma, I mean, you're coming from this country where the, the, the meditation is, is from. So for you, it must be more natural than, than, than the normal person. Or, or someone from, you know, Canada or United States or, or the UK? Uh, yes and no. Um, I would say yes, because I've had exposure to it for longer. So my heritage is North Indian. So my family comes from Gujarat and, and I'm born and raised in London. My parents are born and raised in East Africa. Um, and it was my grandparents that were born in India. But, you know, we've always kind of traveled for business. And... And so therefore, things like yoga and mantras and meditation, yes, they were, it was always around me, but yet no one actually was doing those things. So no one in my immediate family was meditating. Obviously, being born and raised in London, it wasn't really a thing in my friend circle either. It was only when I started to actually travel to places like India and got into things like yoga that I started to explore things like meditation or even when I was in the, in the Amazon and with the locals there, you know, it wanted those, all those experiences that gave me that desire to keep exploring it. And that's what's given me the, what's continued my, my journey with doing it every day. So, yeah, so not so much because I still had to discover it for myself because I didn't have any immediate influences of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. But the reason why I'm saying this is because people make assumption and they having believed that because of this, then that's more, that it's easier for such and such to get the results or to implement this in their life. But it doesn't really matter. Every single person needs to implement this and needs to go through that same amount of discipline and work and persistence in order to integrate this and make it part of your daily habits. Would you agree with that? Oh, 100%. And I think that's the key word you spoke there, the discipline. 
because your mind will play tricks on you <laughs> and it will give you a hundred reasons why you know you can't sit down for only 15 minutes 20 minutes a day and just spend time to try and be more still inside and to-do lists will pop up and then old events will come and all these things will be huge it'll be that noise that we we're referring to earlier those distractions but by sitting down and doing those rituals for yourself you slowly start to kind of the noise is there it never goes but it's just you don't give it that same attention you once once did and you start to you know explore more stillness within you and that is like a continual journey and it's it's a progressive thing you know you can't go to the gym once and be like okay now i'm fit <laughs> yeah you know? yeah now i got it uh-huh. now i got and, it <laughs> in i mean you you're a millennial you are are a, you're still young like the beginning of your 30s mm-hmm. you coming from a, a family which i'll i'll say it and you correct me if i'm wrong but like privilege but still you had to experience things on your own and you had to have fuck ups in order for you to start to be successful and to start to to, to move forward and, and to see results in your life? 100%. I mean, I, I think that you have to almost fail your way to success. <laughs> I think there's so much truth to that. There's, there's so much value in going out and experiencing and just trying things and not being afraid. I think that's the most important thing, not being afraid. And there will always be fear when doing new things, but you know, you've got to just, just go beyond them because uh, I realize now that my, the experiences I've had have, it's, it's something which has almost given me so much more purpose for my life. It's given, it's allowed me to shape more of a vision for the future and what I want to do. But if I hadn't had those experiences in that time to explore, I don't think I, w- I'm sure I would have got there, but I don't know if it would have been in this moment. You know, and it's something which which I can't recommend hard enough to each individual just to go out and really just just be themselves, to explore, to to have fun and not to be too scared to try new things. You know, there's this misconception and belief again that because you're having a, a easier brought up, because your parents are, are well off, it that success is guaranteed and success will, will come no matter what. And I will just wait that my parents is giving me this inheritance and it's all going to be good. But if you're not prepared for that great business that your, your parents have been created, you're just going to get up and you're just going to lose it all. So, and I know that in, in some family, they, they're very tough with, with the, the younger generation because they need to earn it. It's not something that's going to be given to you. Yeah, that's, it's an interesting point. I think the fact that my, um, my parents came to the UK as immigrants, they were, it was 1970s, they were in their 20s. They, they got married, they met in London, they got married in, in London as well. And... Um, I mean, they worked really hard. My parents came with only one pound in their pocket and, and we have a really good life now, but they worked really hard and, and they were really smart with their money. And they, they if anything, they, they taught me the, the discipline and the hard work that has to go into actually building 
uh, something which is going to be of value to yourself and that you know it's not even just monetary terms that can be even those disciplines like you know meditating every day or exercising every day or eating healthy and with consistency and building over time you know you know anyone's capable and I think that's they they've really they've shown me the they've shown me the value of of hard work and discipline and and now you know they give me the freedom for me to to do what I want to do as well, you know, and they're very supportive, extremely supportive. But they also know that, you know, it's important for me to go out and and try things for myself, make my own decisions and grow. And and almost they almost want to they want to better, you know, it, it's that great mentality where they've come and they've they've really wanted to give the best to their children so they can have even more than they've had. And and through that, you know, it allows a person to feel very almost loved and comfortable but you know secure enough to go out and try things to to just make the most of it and also to know that that there's always going to be there someone to support you if needed but you know it's important to go and just try so would you say that the difference between someone which is is having a family which is well off versus someone which is growing into a, a poor environment is the support system which is different yeah because i don't mm. because i can hear right now someone which like he grew up with in in a very poor family which the family is not there they don't have any money they've been struggling with uh with like even like eating which uh I'm, you know i i had a a tough brought up even though that we had a great family um but now I know that that has nothing to do with each other. And uh, I've found this else. But what I'm hearing and what you just said right now is that you know that you have the support from your family because they went through that and they understand what it takes to be successful. So they, they were able to communicate this to you. So now you've got a, a, good, a good base and, and this is how that you built your business that you're having right now. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It, it depends because some people are inspired by um, some people. There's almost different forms of motivation. There's desperation and inspiration. And that's not to say that a person who didn't necessarily come from um, my background won't find the same amount of desire to do something for themselves. You know, it, it, each person is motivated by a different thing. I was very much inspired and I was, I was also inspired because of all the trips I'd done to, to create a lifestyle for myself, a certain level of freedom for myself and, and knowing that I'm, I'm the only one responsible and going for it. But ultimately, on the other side, if you didn't have those influences, you know, you could come from that point of desperation where you think, well, that's it. Something has to change. And I'm going to make that decision to change to create the lifestyle that I want for myself. So, you know, it, it, both of those things, they're, they're both very significant in, in moving one, oneself into acting in, into a, a different life. So what would you say to a millennial, which is in his 20, beginning of 30s, um, haven't, haven't made the decision yet to go after what they truly want, it's kind of indecisive about the, the path that they should take. And they're listening to this. They're listening to you right now. What would you, what type of advice would you give them? 
I would go and tell them to travel. <laughs> um, to take some time out, not to be so hard on themselves. To just um, to follow that good feeling, to have fun. Um, and in good time, all the answers do come. But it's important to, to, to really follow what you want to do. Because I think one thing I've always done is not conform to societal pressures. I've always been very um, independent in my thinking. And I've always been very true to what I wanted to do for myself. And I really recommend that to any individual because it's very easy to be taken into like, you know, getting married at a certain age. Well, you know, let, let's take it back even a step, you know, leaving school at a certain age, university, job, family, 3.2 children, dog, house, everything. And it all comes one after the other. But when I generally meet someone and, and you know, they'll ask me about my travels, majority of the time people say, wow, I wish I'd done that. Or, oh, you know, I just I'm so inspired. And it's not that they necessarily couldn't uh, have the opportunity to do it, but they were so caught up in just following those norms that they didn't take enough time to stop, take a step back and think, you know, I can do this right now. But in reflection, you know, they'll speak and say, yeah, you know, it, it's something which I really didn't think of then, but I'd like to do. So to anyone who is in their early 20s, spend a bit of time for yourself, exploring and understanding what it is and, and not getting too caught up with just these these norms that really you know they might not be for you they might be for you which is amazing well then that's awesome but they also might not so you know give yourself the chance to really explore and have fun with it so what is in the pipeline for you for the rest uh, for this year which uh, today uh, we're just starting we are in the the third month of the year um what is in the pipeline for you so 2019, best year yet. <laughs> um, this year I'm very focused on the business. Um, I still do work. So I am, I'm a medical profession, professional and that's what I've done at university. I've always contract, I've always worked every time to kind of go off traveling. I, I worked, I saved and I went off and I still do that three days a week. And that massively um, keeps me structured throughout the week. And I spend the rest of the time working on my investments in, in real estate. And I'm just growing those things at the moment. So I'm very much focused um, on doing a lot in the business this year to make massive movements. Ideally, you know, the way I see it is in 2020, I would like to be financially independent from my investments. So then I get the choice of whether or not I need to go to work um, rather than I have to go to, to pay, you know, the bills or to save or to whatever it is. So, um, so that that's the situation so i'm super focused and really excited i'm learning a lot um but you know it's a, it's a fantastic journey nishma thank you so much uh keep inspiring keep uh traveling like this and uh having this great beautiful attitude because that's what the world <laughs> thank you so much thank you for your time thank you nishma take care see you soon Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please write a review and subscribe to never miss a future episode of After Dark with Mark. As well, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mark Jospitre.